Hey, how you doing? This is Dennis Jenkins, Dynamic Dad, Positive Attitude, Full of Energy, New Ideas. Listen, today I have an episode where we're going to talk about um, fathers, you know, being not in the home. With um, Otto Kelly and Eric Jackson, they're going to be the two presenters today. I will be also a moderator in this. Um, but we're just going to talk about the fathers, you know, the problems that we have with fathers not being home and how it affects the child and, um, and then growing up. So sit back, relax, and listen to this episode and enjoy. Pass it on, share it to a friend. Tell me, Dad, positive attitude, full of energy, new ideas. Please welcome friend of the show, Prentice Powell. Arsenio, I'm tired of us always having to prove our love to our sons. One of the biggest compliments I get a lot of times is how great of a father I am. I see pictures on the internet. People compliment you a lot because they see photos. And honestly, sometimes I want to tell people, don't tell me I'm a good father when you don't know anything about me. Fun-loving daddy and son pictures on a Facebook page do not equate to instilling values into your child's development. And the fact that I'm black should be irrelevant when it comes to my ability to raise my son. My skin tone should not make me any better or worse when it comes to the paternal instinct. But because fathers like me are apparently extinct, I get extra praise. And for what? For doing what I'm supposed to do. From strangers. Strangers who don't know, when my son was born, I only got him from 12 noon on Saturdays to 5 p.m. on Sundays, went to the court to get more time, came back with 12 noon on Saturdays to 5 p.m. on Sundays, plus child support, fought for a year, had him for a year and a half, if not more, had him 50% of the time, if not more, only to lose him when he started school to summertime and rotating holidays. So when you see me in the streets with my little one and want to say, it's so good seeing the father doing his job, spending that quality time, don't because I am being robbed. Robbed of the greatest gift. Forced to live through pictures on an iPhone to recognize the touch of my lips more than they do my fingertips. And the smell of his lotion every day I rub into my skin so when I smell myself, I think of him. Forced to live through memories that occur within the span of one week. Through occasional webcam chats with a child, too young to speak back, so when he reaches for you through that camera, all you can say is, son, I miss you too. Or learn, watching your son learn how to ride a bike via Skype at the hands of another man, and even though he is a good man and you are glad he's around, that man is not true. And not letting his mother know that all this is getting to you, so you get up to grab some tissue because at all times, that distance of 3,117.4 miles can feel more like 3 million. Try dropping your son up at the airport with three teeth in his mouth, go four weeks without him, watch him come back with five and see if you don't beat yourself up for not being around during that time. So don't tell me I'm a good father when you don't know anything about me. Try to convince a person that knows nothing about you that you are simply worthy of time. See thousands of people inspired by your story but still feel that you are getting nowhere. Have people motivated by the pain that sits right here every day inside of your chest and that same pain being a reflection of the amount of love that you possess. I want you to imagine your newborn baby sleep. You're watching him. Try to get his sleep patterns down packed, praying to God you get it right because you have one night and have to go six days until you get him back. Imagine being able to fly through this world doing what you love to do, but because of a court order, your son before the age of one has to fly twice a month, which may mean by the age of two, he'll have more frequent fly miles than you. Try never spending a day in your life locked up in prison and still watch your child grow up primarily through photos. 
Learn about his milestones via text message or Facebook and see if you don't feel numb. So how can I smile when people tell me I'm such a good father when I feel like I'm not giving enough time to actually be one? Raise your son without feeling like you're actually raising him. And I know everything in this world doesn't go the way we plan. I can accept that all that's fine. I just don't understand how a man can be forced to pay half of daycare, half of medical expenses, food, clothes, water, but the same man that laid down to create that child is not automatically given half of the time. Something about that situation is not right. And when I'm done with this poem, I mean this. I don't care if any of you clap. I just want my praise, my kudos, my air, my earth, my water, my drive, my moon, my sun, my baby, my motivation, my son. I just want my chance. I just want my son, Justice for his pal. I want my baby back. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Princess Powell. I can't hear you. That's Princess Powell. So how you doing? This is Dennis Jenkins with Dynamic Dad, positive and attitude, full of energy and new ideas. Today I'm going to bring episode and going to bring you a couple of different things from three different people. One is Arch Jackson, and on his podcast he's going to talk about his um, mistakes that he made for not giving his father, or just going through the anger and you know going through the struggles and pain and not having his father in his life. And um, he actually, you know, went through a period where his father wasn't in his life. And because, you know, he asked his father, you know, why you want to be there? And his father gave him a very immature answer and it, it affected him real bad. And so he stayed angry, angry for a long time. And so he's going to go into a story about how that affected him going through those many years of being angry at his dad for not forgiving his dad. But then um, when his dad finally realized, you know, the impact that he had on his son's life by not being there, the son was just pushing him away because he was angry. And at the time when the father wanted to come back, he hadn't learned to forgive his father or forgive himself. And he's going to talk about how it affected him and his career and his life and, and moving forward. So his name is Art or Eric Jackson. And he's going to tell his story. But then later on throughout this podcast, we're going to have uh, two other people come in and they're going to talk about um, the absence, the, the, the consequences of living in the household of growing up without a father in your life. So that's what this podcast is today. I'm going to share this with you from different perspectives and I'm going to come in and out and we're going to talk about this, but just want to share because, you know, for me, this is personal because I didn't have a father in my life. And so here we're going to talk about that, you know, with the effects of not having a father in your life and what it does to a young man or a young lady. So once again, this is Dynamic Dad, positive attitude, full of energy, new ideas. And now we're going to listen to um, Eric Jackson telling you about how it affected him. My sister, my mom, my grandmother, my grandfather, my two aunts sitting across the table and there's a spot open and I'm sitting there, I'm eating and I'm eating and all of a sudden I stopped and I looked up and I looked around and I said, where's my dad? My grandmother, she stops. And she slowly looks up at me and she gives me a look as if to say, we're not going to have that conversation now. She never says a word. She puts her hand back down. She continues to eat. I do the same thing. 
I go back to eating, and all of a sudden, the macaroni and cheese doesn't taste the same. The ham on the bone, even my grandmama's homemade cornbread doesn't taste right because I have this burning question in the back of my head. And before I realize it, I get so upset, I look up and I shout out, where's my dad? My grandmother, she stops. She slowly pushes away from the table. She gets up. She walks over to me. She grabs my hand. She pulls me into the kitchen. She sits me down and she picks up the phone. And next thing you know, I hear my grandmother say, I don't care where you are. Get here now. An hour later, I'm sitting downstairs in my grandfather's den and I'm sitting in my dad's lap and I'm crying so hard. I'm literally choking on my own tears. My chest is getting tight. My ears are burning with, with every breath that I could grab. I'm saying, but dad, why don't you want me? Dad, why don't you love me? Dad, what did I do wrong? I'm sorry. You know what my dad said to me? I'm sorry, son. I'm just too busy. I was only nine years old. And it was at that moment when my box got built. And this was my box. I'm not good enough. I'm not wanted. I'm not loved. But the one thing that may catch you up from really experiencing your brilliance and your genius is that box. Ladies and gentlemen, things have happened in your past. Don't allow that to hold back your future. Because what happened was that situation with my dad, I walked out of that situation and at first I was hurt, I was sad. But then that sadness turned into anger and bitterness and all of a sudden I was more focused on not forgiving my dad. And y'all, that grudge, that unforgiveness, I didn't even focus on my opportunities because I was spending so much time on you did me wrong, you shouldn't have done that. 13 years of my life, I held on to that grudge against my dad. And here's where it hit me the most. When an opportunity of a lifetime came up, I had made it to one of the final auditions for a television show called In Living Color. How many of you all have ever heard of the actor Jim Carrey, Jamie Foxx, Jennifer Lopez? All three of them got their start on In Living Color. And here's what happened. The day of my audition, I, I go and I'm getting myself ready and, you know, I'm getting the calls from the family and this, that, and other, which is cool. And then all of a sudden, my dad calls me. And when he calls me, he heard through the grapevine that I made it to this final audition. And he's like, son, I really want to congratulate you. Go out there, rock it out. But my dad realized the error of his ways and he started to come around. But because I was so focused on holding a grudge, not forgiving him, I wouldn't allow him in. So this morning, he's like, son, I just got to say, I've been trying to get back in your life, but you've been pushing back really hard. You won't let me in. I know I messed up. I'm sorry. Will you let me back in? My response to him was, hold on. When I wanted you, it didn't work for you. But now all of a sudden, because you have a conscience, you want me to just open up my life and let you in? I took that energy right into my audition. And I had the worst audition of my life. I missed out on an opportunity because I was, the box was in the way. That is why I am bringing it up. Don't allow your box, your past, something that happened, hold you back. Don't let that get in the way. So here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, destroy the box. It's three steps to destroying the box. Number one, you have to acknowledge that there is a box. I didn't realize I was walking around with a box. When I say you have to acknowledge it for me, I was that dude in school who was mad just for no reason. How many of y'all got a friend like that? They mad on every day that... Yeah, so so many years that I walked around like that, just mad at the world. People see me and they say, why are you always looking so mean? I was just mad. 
So that was because I, I didn't really let go of the pain, you know. I've dealt with that pain every day of not having my father in my life. And so that's real. A lot of us deal with that every single day, that real pain. And one day, I didn't realize that I had this box until the day I snapped on my mother. Y'all, let me just say, it is a blessing that I am standing here right now. <laughs> that box, ladies and gentlemen, that box will come out and hurt some of the people who are closest to you. It came out to the one woman who looked out for me. It came out to the one woman who gave up everything for me to have what I needed. It came out to the one woman who would give her life for me. So number one, you have to acknowledge that there is a box. Everybody put two fingers up like this and say, set number two. You have to forgive the person that had to create that box. Now, some of y'all are like, why are we talking about forgiveness? Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you're holding on to a grudge longer than five minutes, you've held on way too long. And the thing is, you think that, oh, I'm not going to forgive you. You think that's just a one-second thing. No, you work really hard. You keep focused on not, like, forgiving that person. And I realized, all right, this is getting in the way of your life. You have to forgive the person. I finally forgave my dad after the In Living Color situation when I bombed. And we got a little bit better. But we didn't fully get there, which leads to that number three. You have to forgive yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Many of us in this room have done something that's affected someone in a negative way. And we're walking around kind of holding on to that guilt. I can't believe I did that. I don't deserve the opportunity. No, ask that person for forgiveness and move on because you do deserve the opportunity. And it's time for you to be ready for it. And number one, acknowledge that there is a box. Number two. Forgive the person that had you created. Number three, forgive yourself. And I'm not saying it because it sounds good. I'm saying it because that's what I live. And now me and my dad, we have the most amazing relationship right now. It all starts with you. Do you and do you unapologetically. Yeah, and that's basically what it comes down to. It's acknowledge that there's a trauma. When he says a box, acknowledge that there's this trauma in your life. And you know that there's a trauma in your life, then you can start to deal with that trauma and start the healing process. And then you can start to forgive. Forgive yourself for what's going on. Then forgive that person for what they did and how you know how it affected your life. So that you could both can start healing. And then you can both come together and start, you know, to the process of bonding. But you have to go through those steps. Because if you don't, you will carry around this huge anger, this huge, you know gap in your heart just and in your mind is just as you know the depression starts to set in because you're not dealing with the issues so it's just very important that you knew your knowledge that there's something wrong and that you just don't just ignore it you know and deal with the pain on your own you need to find somebody to talk to but you have to go through that process of forgiving yourself and of forgiving that person So we're gonna go into a couple more, and I just want you to hear, this one is about not having your uh, father or having a, you know, someone in your life, not having that person in your life. And just how important it is to, you know, for parents to understand that the kids need you, you know? Number one, and so, this is what is going to talk about the father wound by Otto Kelly. 
Everything in life is a negotiation. So we're going to get that queued up and he's going to talk to you about how this affects a kid's life. And this is from a TEDx um, presentation and Otto Kelly is going to talk about, you know, the father wound. Here we go. Is directly or indirectly related to fatherlessness. Do you realize that close to 81% of teen pregnancies come from fatherless homes? I'm talking 80% of all of our kids that are on the street right now, homeless, fatherless homes. We're talking 71% of the male population in the penal system right now, fatherless homes. Now, these are just a few of the documented stats. I mean, the economic impact cannot even be calculated because it's estimated that 41% of the kids that are in fatherless homes will be poorer than their biological dad. It is just absolutely astonishing. Now again, I'm the executive director of Crisis Pregnancy Center here in Reno, and I've developed a program called Daddy Academy. Now, the probability of these young men coming through our doors understanding what it is to be a father, it's pretty dim. Pretty, pretty dim, especially in light of the facts that I just mentioned. And so we, what we've done is we, we develop programs and we develop, develop workshops that are specifically designated to help them see the importance of fathers, fathering. And we've expanded this not only to our, our, uh, our uh, community outreach and not only in our areas of, uh, of, our, of, our, of our teens, but we've also spread it out in the community. We've got local, local judges that have uh, grab, grab the whole of our programs. We have local people that are seriously involved in what we're trying to do. Now, the interesting thing about this, we've seen a dramatic change as a direct result of this program. You know, I was talking to some of our young ladies, and it was four things that they said that they wished they had. And those four things, when they grew up without a dad, was this. They said they wished they had protection. They said they wished they had provision. They said they wish they had presence, and they wish they had praise. Now, I want you to hear what's happening, because I've talked also to some of the guys out there, some of the pimps out there. And they said not every young lady is pimpable, but when she lacks those very things, when she lacks those things that would cause her to feel better about herself, she's more willing to do things that goes against her morals. It's unbelievably un uncanny the father rift and the father wound that is so prevalent. We're talking 24 million children right now globally in fatherless homes. So I'm asking this, this afternoon for you to listen to what I have to say because this wound is deep. It's extremely deep and it affects our whole culture. Now hear my heart when I say this. Mothers, I'm not saying that you're not doing a great job because you are but there's certain things that only a father can feel. There's only certain things that a dad can bring to bear. Now, I'll be, I'll be perfectly frank with you. I didn't have, didn't have a father growing up. My dad died when I was in middle school. And when he died when I was in middle school, it, 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 it caused me to grope for a father figure. 
And because I groped for a father figure, I looked for it everywhere. See, there's a deep desire in all of us for, to have significance. There's a deep desire for all of us to have a, a confirmation. Now, see, I, I would be remiss not to say this, being a pastor, but Jesus needed affirmation. For when he came up out of the water after being baptized, he said that he heard three things from heaven. He heard his father say this, you're my son, I love you, and I'm pleased with you. Now, if the son of God needed affirmation from a father figure, you and I need that very same thing. My heart this afternoon is to talk to you and to convey to you the importance of fathering. Again, growing up without a father, there was things that I groped for. But I learned something. I learned that me fathering others, I can vicariously father myself. I can heal the father wound in me by fathering others. Now, fathering, I have, I, have, I guess you'd call them children or, or kids, men that are old enough to be my dad that I fathered. Daughters that are old enough to be my mother, so age is of no significance. It's something that is deeply rooted within us, that affirmation that we must have. You know, I will share something extremely personal. Earlier this year, my sister died. And this is the, a long line of unfortunate siblings that have died in the last 10 years. And this was really personal. This one really hurt because my sister was more or less a, she was like a twin, a year older than me, but she was a twin. And I was broken, really broken. And I was just hurting. And of course, my family, my other family members called and said, we need you here. And so my wife and I, we made arrangements to make that six, seven hour drive from Reno to Henderson. And my son comes to me and he says, Dad, I'm going to go with you. I mean, I want to pay respects to my aunt, but I'm really, I want to be there for you. I said, oh, okay, son, I, I know that I need it. And so we make our trek there, and, and we get there, and about the day after, we go to the funeral home, and we begin to make the arrangements, and unfortunately, some of the things that my sister wanted, the funeral people didn't have prepared. And I began to get frustrated. Now, already, my, my, my heart is already broken, and I'm wounded, and my emotions are frayed. But it was interesting to me that my son, Dominic, he says, Dad, no, I'll take care of it. No, really, I'll take care of it, Pops. And he began to intervene on my behalf. He began to do some things and say some things that I recognized at that moment that he was my father. I recognized that the very things that I was looking for, the, the provision, the protection, the praise, all those things were coming out in the very one that I was supposed to be fathering, he began to father me. My point in this whole circumstance is that all of us have that desperate need. All of us have that desire to recognize that we're of worth. Now, when that happened to me, it caused a healing in my heart. Because, see, there's a father wound, and nationally and internationally, it's a father wound that only fathers can feel. Now, I'm going to ask something. I ask something great of you. You fathers, 
you dads that are out there, I want you to stand up. Now, whether you had a father or not, stand up. Now, I want you to do me a favor, men. Because, see, this is a global issue. It's a global problem, a global issue, a global thing in which only men are the answer. Like I said before, our, our daughters, they need us. Our families, they need us. They need us. And so I'm going to ask something great of you, men. And I want you each to close your eyes. And I want you to do this. I want you to picture the best father. I want you to picture the best dad. I want you to picture him encouraging you, telling you he's proud of you, telling you that you're the best. And I want you to think on that, and I want you to meditate on that, because, see, it's a global men problem, and it's, we're the answer to that global issue. Now, keep them, stay focused, man. Now, this is what I challenge you and I need for you to do. Go and be that very thing that you've just envisioned to those around you, because it will change the trajectory of their lives. All you need to do is, is be compassionate. All you need to do is be willing to step outside of your comfort zone and you can change the lives of many. To this very day, I have young men and older men calling me saying thank you very much for intervening in my life when I needed to hear some positive enforcement, some positive confirmation. You may be seated. And the, Mid-90s, there was a movie that came out that I really enjoyed. It was called Boys in the Hood. And I really liked the movie. I really did. It was about a, a, a young man coming to age, and his mother, was kind of, he was getting kind of unruly with his mom. And the mother said, you need to go live with your dad. So, of course, she calls the pops, and he says, yes, let's, 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 I, I need to talk with him. And it was funny because he, one day in the scene, he grabs his son and he takes him outside and he says, I want you to rake these leaves. And he sees his friends, his, his buddies, his son's buddies across the way. And he says, he calls them over and says, hey, I want you to do me a favor. I want you, I want you guys to rake these leaves. I'll give you five bucks for it. He says, okay, he says the kids say, man, five bucks ain't, and I'll let you fill in the blanks. <laughs> and he said, they leave and he looks at his son. He says, son. I know that you, be, you think I'm being hard on you, but I'm trying to teach you responsibility. You see those guys over there? They don't have a father. And you're going to see how they end up. Now, the movie was great, and this character played a great role. But the frustrating thing I had about that is, is that he pronounced a prophecy over their lives. He declared something over them. They said, you're going to see how they end up. And unfortunately, they ended up the very way he thought they would. Question is this, how much more finances would have it taken him to simply take them with his son fishing? To take them with, with, with his son as he takes them bowling or takes them to their job, his job. How much more finances would have, would have taken? The eternal difference that could have taken place as a result of him going outside of his comfort zone and beginning to invite those young men would have changed their lives. Again, 
I am the executive director of Crisis Pregnancy Center. And again, on a daily basis, I see the negative impact of fatherlessness. And these young ladies are desperately looking for someone. Now, it's amazing to me. I talked to some of the, the caseworkers of some of the former ladies who were in prostitution. And they say this. They said, you know what? Their healing exponentially increases when a strong father figure is in their lives, not looking at them with wanting eyes, but encouraging them and letting them know how valuable they really are. All of us desire to hear that, especially our daughters. Again, I say that I'm not taking anything from my moms. But the issues that we're facing on a global perspective has everything to do with fatherlessness. You've heard the numbers. Then that was just a few of the stats. I say this in closing, and I ask you this in closing. Be the father that you've always wanted. Be the dad that you just envisioned to others. And not only will you heal them, you will vicariously father yourself through fathering others. It is a win-win situation. So I ask you, men, take it up and stand. Because in you, things can change. In you, a life that is going one direction can be changed by some positive affirmation from a father. I am passionate about this. I am unbelievably focused on this because I see daily the desperate need for fathers to step up and live in the lives of those who desperately need affirmation and encouragement. Thank you very much. And what he's saying is so true. And hopefully that those who are listening by way of podcast, that you understand, you know, some of you might like I said, live this experience on your own because you didn't have a father in your life, you know? And so you understand exactly what he's saying. And for those who had a father in your life and those who men who are listening, you know, out there and you know someone like this, maybe you, you, know, you, you didn't, you have a father in your life, but you know some friends who didn't, or you see other kids around, get involved with those kids. Don't just let them walk far by the wayside, get involved, mentor them. I'm going to play back a little bit of in the beginning when he talked about the numbers. So I don't think maybe a lot of people, we didn't hear the numbers. So give me a little minute. We heard the numbers of how many fathers are not involved or not in the household. You know, um, this is something that's real passionate to me. I am the executive director of Crisis Pregnancy Center. And in that calling, you know, I see uh, young ladies and young men coming through our doors with a lack of fathering. And when we see that lack of fathering, when they witness a strong male figure, something Wait, before you scroll away. Get a $300 bonus. Sorry about that. I kind of messed up the, the playback on that. So I'm going to get that back. How many of y'all got that? So when you talk about just a, here we go. You know, um, this is something that's real passionate to me. 
I am the executive director of Crisis Pregnancy Center. And in that calling, you know, I see uh, young ladies and young men, lack of fathering. And when we see that lack of fathering, when they witness a strong male figure, something in them takes place. Something positive takes place within them. And what's interesting about that is that they begin to see themselves fathering. And when we see that lack of We're going to stop right there. I was trying to give you the numbers on that, but um, I'll put the numbers up another time because this is the first version. We have a second version that's going to come back and it's going to talk about a similar, you know, with a lady's perspective of uh, talking about the father not being in the household. But this is a very serious issue, very serious issue. And I want you guys to understand that we have to change these numbers. We have to change this, the way the system is designed, fathers not being involved and not being, you know, in the kid's life. You know, you could play a very important role in that. For you, you know, me, I didn't have a father in my life. So I grew up dealing with anger, you know, depression, and um, just not having affirmation, you know, feeling I love for my father. And it was not easy, you know, so, that's why I started Dynamic Dad, because this is, this is, for me, it's real. It's nothing that I just do to be playing around with it. This is real. I lived it. And so that's why I bring it to, you know, Dynamic Dads, because I want to help other people get through this. You know, we have to give back. And so, this is very serious for me. My father was spent most of his life in and out of jail on drugs. He wasn't involved in my life. He wasn't active in my life. You know, we had ups and downs, but I went through these stages that these people are talking about. So this is Dynamic Dad, positive and attitude, full of energy and new ideas. You can find us on IG, the Dynamic Dad One. You can find us on Facebook, Dynamic Dad. No. So I just want you to continue listening, giving you support, giving you feedback. Send in um, some comments to Dynamic Dad. Let me know what you think about the podcast. So if you have some um, short stories you want to share with us, you know, tell me what you think about fatherhood. I thank all those who were listening overseas. You know, Dynamic Dad has been going international. I thank each and every one of them. Once again, you can find me, go to www.dynamicdad.org um, and learn more about me. So, this is the, this is the,
Now, again, I'm the executive director of crime. And you heard those numbers, and they're not going down. They're getting higher every day. And not only are they getting higher for fathers, they're getting higher for women. So mothers are being incarcerated at a higher rate than men right now. So this is a very serious issue. So once again, it's Dynamic Dad, Positive and Attitude, Full of Energy, New Ideas. And I welcome each and every one of you. I thank each and every one of you for listening to my podcast. But I need your feedback. I need your input. I see a lot of people going to my websites, you know, after they hear, you know, hear this. And they leave me some in- input. You know, send me some things to, you know, Facebook. Send me some uh, comments on th- my podcast. But uh, let me know what you think. If you'd like to be a guest, you know, let me know. Contact me. 70480, it's my phone number, 480 797 9072. Contact me about that number and let's talk. And let's, you know, hear your story. All right. But this is Dennis Jenkins with Dynamic Dad, Positive and Attitude, Full of Energy, and New Ideas. And this is episode on fatherless, you know, fatherless homes. So I just want to thank you for listening. Hope that you enjoy the podcast. Hope that you enjoyed the past podcast and the future podcast and they're sharing it with others. Once again, man, this is this is something that will continue to grow and continue to expand throughout the, um, many countries. So thank you for listening. Keep on supporting us. And my tag is positive and attitude, full of energy and new ideas. It's Dynamic Dad. Thank you for listening. Hey, how you doing? This is Dennis Jenkins, Dynamic Dad. Positive and attitude, full of energy, new ideas. I just want to thank you for listening to my podcast. Go to www.dynamicdad.org. Leave me some comments. Talk, tell me you know how you feel about Dynamic Dad. Look me up on IG. But today, I just thank you for listening to this podcast today. And hope you enjoyed it. Hope you pass it on and share it with your friends and family. Positive and attitude, full of energy, new ideas. Dynamic Dads.